Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Sir, I appreciate that. That's a great text we're going to be speaking today as we think about the concept of freedom versus rights. Freedom versus rights. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and have been endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those words from the Declaration of Independence became the foundation in which we have the Constitution of the United States, the first ten amendments we call the Bill of Rights. We are a people in the U.S. who have grown up with freedom in a way that most people of the world have ever known. But we are also people who have, because of that freedom, we have also talked about our rights and the things that we have the right to. And all of a sudden, about freedom and rights has taken on a whole different tune through the years. But for a moment, think about freedom. Do you remember your first taste of real freedom. Think back for just a minute when that might have been. How about the first time you were able to drive a car with nobody else in the car but you? Now that represents the first freedom in a lot of ways. I remember when particularly when Austin and Aubrey got theirs, I walked up and I said, hey, here are the keys, go get me a Mountain Dew. Well, I wanted a Mountain Dew. But they also wanted to drive by themselves. And I remember Austin saying he got on the road and he rolled down all the windows and he turned up the music and he's singing and yelling and he's thinking, this is the greatest thing going. And we think about that as freedom. Maybe it was the first day that you went off away from home for the first time. Now, if you went off to the military, maybe you didn't think a lot about freedom. But if you went off to college, maybe you did. I thought the greatest thing happening was getting away to my own place in college. But I treated it so poorly that I said to my parents, the greatest thing I will ever see is the taillights of your car. That didn't sit well with my mother. I can understand that. But it was my taste of freedom. I get up when I want to. Well, sort of. I eat what I want to. Well, whatever was allowed. But basically, it was my freedom. I don't know what yours was, but we all have this idea of what freedom feels like, what it looks like, and how it has affected us. Most people, however, when they hear the word freedom, they immediately contrast it as freedom is that which is the opposite of slavery. That's what it is. 
It's just that. The dictionary says it is an exemption from external control or interference or regulations. That's freedom. And see, even that says we have come to understand freedom as we've experienced it as a country and sadly as selfishness begins to creep in to the definition. We want one thing that everyone can agree on that relates to freedom. There are many more, but for us, for today, I want you to equate and to understand freedom as it relates to security. Freedom says, I am secure and no other country can come in and take our country over. We rate our freedom as to how secure we are from external forces. We rate our freedom as to how secure we feel under our present government. That's what started all of it anyway, wasn't it? The oppressiveness of the government they were under. And we would rate our freedom in the same way. And Wow, has that changed. And certainly, we think about freedom as it relates to the security we have that no individual can come and do me harm just because they want to without repercussion. It is not okay for you just to walk up and punch somebody in the face. It's just not. And we are free from that being okay. And all of these things represent to us the idea of what freedom is. But as it relates to security, freedom and security could be, in fact, the Christian's motto. Look at Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6, where God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Therefore, whom should I fear? What can man do to me? That is our freedom. Our freedom rests in the idea that as Christians, as people of God, nobody can force us not to believe in God. Nobody can take away the goal of heaven that we shoot for unless we allow them to do so. The motto of a free Christian says, what can man do to me? This idea of freedom has been corrupted by very many people through the centuries. Freedom has become, instead of what we see it beginning to be at the time that our country was created and, and the way we see it in Scripture, freedom has become, in the minds of so many people, something equal to 
licentiousness. Licentiousness simply means I have the license. I am free. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Paul, in writing to the Ephesians, began in verse 17 with this idea. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts. He was saying to those Christian people whose background as Jews was to say there is there are good people called Jews and there are bad people called Gentiles. And Paul said, remember what you said about those Gentiles and that Gentile mindset? He says, don't do that anymore. They are ignorant people. They don't understand. And we start talking about the concept of freedom and how different it is from the way God describes it. God would say to us, don't have that mindset. What is the mindset? Look at verse 19. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. The freedom that people seem to want today is a freedom of license having these three thoughts. I don't care. People who want freedom that equals licentiousness are people who say, I don't care. They are past feeling. It doesn't bother them anymore. Their minds have become hardened. Their hearts have become hardened. They just don't care. And people seem to want to have a freedom that says, I want to be free of caring about anything. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be challenged. I don't want to think. I just don't care. Number two, they've given themselves over to lewdness. I don't want to be told no. Today, the concept of freedom in the minds of some is the concept that says, I'm not free if somebody else can tell me no. To be lewd is to live a life that has no parameters, no regulations, no boundaries. I just cut loose and live fancy free and I'll do all of this because I don't want you telling me no. And somehow many people have adopted the idea that if you ever say no, then that person is not free. And then here's the last one. To work all uncleanness 
with greediness. I don't or I want to do whatever I want to do. Greediness. Selfishness. Leave me alone. Let me live my life in any way that I want to. Because this is what I want. And if I want it, it must be okay for me. Don't tell me no. And I just don't care anymore about anything else. That is until I become affected. I have problems. Oh, then I care. That's how freedom is being seen by some people. The Bible, however, is very clear about what real freedom is. The text was just read in John chapter 8. If you will notice with me, we're going to see what Jesus said is the definition of real freedom. And I want to suggest to you that in this definition, we are going to see that these things that Jesus defines as real freedom, characteristics of real freedom, are things that every one of us truly treasures. These are the things we really want. This is what freedom is. Notice what Jesus said. <coughs> First, if you abide, freedom is the security of a place and you know that it is secure. Everybody wants to have a place that is theirs. <coughs> Everybody wants to fit. Have a place that you can call your own. Homelessness is a sad state. It's a sad fact. But all of us want the idea of being able to say, this is my home, this is my place, this is where I can go. Everybody in freedom wants a place. And Jesus said, I'll give you a place. Even if physically you're homeless, Jesus said, I'll give you a place. Jesus is the place where we can live, where we can have that which is ours. Number two, if you abide in my word, there is the freedom of the security of information. Information is power. Education is power. Education frees the mind and opens up doors of opportunity. We find freedom in information. Not knowing something puts a bondage on us, enslaves us to our own ignorance. And Jesus said, abide in my word. You can trust it. You can trust what Jesus said. 
And you don't have to be concerned that it's going to fade away. This information is real. And Jesus said, I know that you value information. I know that you want to know. And I'm telling you, if you abide in my word, you, in fact, will be free. said, you then are my disciples. There is the freedom of the security of belonging to a group. If you've ever felt like an outcast, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever experienced people who avoid you, overlook you, and might even shame you, you know what I'm talking about. We even had an incident at camp about that very thing of creating a situation where someone wasn't allowed to be a part of the group. What does that do to someone's psyche? But Jesus said, I know you want to belong. I know that freedom and security lies in saying, this is my group. This is my family. Someone cares for me. Jesus said, you're my disciples. And every single one of us wants to be cared for. We all want someone to like us. We all want to be connected to someone. And Jesus said, I know that your freedom involves a group to be with. Real freedom lies in identifying with a group of people of like precious faith. And let me say for just a moment, some of us know it is not possible to be really free by saying, I believe in God, but I don't believe in the church. Jesus died for this church. He established the church. And if his life paid the price for the church, then how can I say I don't need it? Jesus said, I want to give you a group. And I want you to be my disciples. Again, verse 32. There is the freedom of the security of assurance. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. How many times have you gone into a test at school and you had not studied at all? Your palms begin to sweat. You get nervous because you know it's not going to turn out well. But you learn from the experience. And the next test that comes up, I mean, you put in the time. And you're prepared. And you walk into that room ready for that test. And it doesn't matter how the test is written. You know 
that you're going to ace it. There's real freedom in that. But when you weren't prepared, you were in bondage. Jesus said, I understand. I understand the freedom of assurance. And he wants us to be assured. So he gives us his truth and he says, it will make you free. God wants us to understand the freedom that comes in being assured before him. And finally, a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. There is the freedom of the security of time. When, when Owen and his group put the roof on my house and he said to me, 60-year warranty, I figured it up. I guess I got to call him when I'm 115 to get a new one. Hmm. The security of time. And when you buy something and it has a warranty and they say, do you want an extended warranty? You go, I might just do that. The time factor is important. When you decide to get married, when you can do that knowing that both people have made a decision that at no time in the future are we going to separate. We're in this till death parts us. How much freedom is there in that? Jesus said, you can abide forever with me. And heaven is a forever place. At no time will it change. Now, I understand. I understand well that we can't understand forever. I remember as a kid just sitting down and thinking forever, forever, forever. We try to wrap our minds around forever, and we can't do it because in the physical sense, nothing is forever. We can't wrap our minds around it. But Jesus said it is forever. And there's a sense of security in that time. Real freedom. Real freedom is not about licentiousness. It's about the security that comes from the necessary restrictions. It's the freedom that comes from the promise of observing things that are best for us anyway. And real freedom says... I'll be a slave to Jesus. And that's where real freedom lies. 
It's hard to give up rights. And so sometimes we have to say, while this is available to me, I should not because Jesus says no. Or when I don't feel like it, I should say yes because Jesus says so. It's tough. But the more we learn to take on the freedom that Jesus offers, the greater this life becomes. By the way, time will end. Some people may wait too long. Thankfully, time still exists. Time existed for some to have the chance to obey, and now others have that opportunity. And today, if you need to, if you need to find the freedom that is in Jesus and to be a part of those who are his disciples, living where he lives, under his word, with all the assurance that that offers, today could be your day. We can immerse you into Christ. We can pray for your strength. Our shepherds will meet you as we stand in We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.